not many phenomena agitates my mind like the subject of today's post, especially in recent times. Indeed, even before I knew what it was called, I'd been well aware of its presence and attributes, and in my own little way work to forestall it when I see it cropping up in me, or people I know. Recently, I advised a colleague to take care not to play the hero, that our profession was such that no good deed goes unpunished, but I was grossly misunderstood, and though it initially led to a spat where a third party became involved, my colleague eventually got the memo, and have since restored relations, besides appropriately adjusting to and with my recommendations. In various aspects of life, we would have met, and will keep meeting, with this paradox severally, that the discerning ought to have become so mellowed to choose the path between complacency and hubris, to avoid the fate of Icarus, whom Daedalus, his father, and a craftsman, fabricated wings from feathers and wax for them both to escape from a labyrinth in Crete, in ancient Greek mythology. The latter warned his son to take care not to fly too low to sea, or too high to the sun, so that the moisture from the sea, and the heat from the sun not cause the wings to malfunction till they arrive at their destination. Unfortunately, Icarus became carried away by what he could do with his wings, and soared high towards the sun, till the wax on his wings melted, failed, and he crashed into the sea. If you followed my writings, you'd have found that when I write about me it bothers most times on denigration, but with a positive bent, because I'd be the last person to praise me, or accept praises willingly and ecstatically from people, talk more manifestly and I intentionally seek and pursue it, and that isn't to say that I detest awards, which I garnered a few of, especially in my secondary school and university days. In fact, I have found that I thrive in adversity and positive reinforcements benefit me only so little, compared to the opposite without the abuse verbal, emotional or physical. Once I had this client who while still on my work for her kept praising me to high heavens, only to have to proclaim the opposite in the end. I got carried away by the praises that I paid less attention to what I was doing, and when a mistake became apparent to me, I simply hoped it won't reflect in the end, but only if wishes were horses. Today, I'm quick to warn the subject to exercise some patience until we were done. Luckily for me I work at a place where there are no annual awards for best this, or best that, which personally didn't feel to me like something I was missing, even though it would have gone a long way in encouraging those desirous of positive reinforcements, to continue to put in the best. Had there been such recognitions available, surely, I wouldn't feel bad not winning one, nor have my productivity any less affected in response to a denial, but I sure would be edgy should I find myself winning any award. If I had my way, I would rather pass through life without as much as making a dent on the sand I waltz on. My awareness of how hubris can drown one especially in the wake of success, is why I'm never really uncomfortable with adversity, even though I can't describe myself as someone who craves it. It didn't matter if I've done some things so many times, so much so that I could now do it with my hands tied to my back, and blindfolded, brand Nubians don't let it go I into your head now, begins to play in my subconscious, for instance to keep me humble while I'm at it. Some months ago a Nigerian who'd become popular for constructing edifices and architectural masterpieces in places like South Africa and the UK, decided to replicate same in Nigeria. He was the toast of prosperity gospel pastors, as one who came from nothing to achieving everything he set his sights upon. The man himself talked with so much confidence, sometimes about how he ignored advice from professionals in their fields, to do things his own way, which then worked. Videos of attempts by regulatory authorities shutting down one of his building sites in Lagos for violating the building code, remain on YouTube, even though he kind of managed to continue, because of backing from powers that be? Until he couldn't anymore, as on this fateful day in the first week of November last year, he and others unfortunately got trapped under the rubble of one of the skyscrapers, he was constructing at the time, that would have been his crowning glory, when it collapsed killing tens in its wake. The Roman emperors did have a servant by them, 
at the highest point of their careers, during a triumphant entry-slash-march no less, whisper into their ear the words memento mori, loosely translated remember you shall die. Going by what we know of the Roman emperors, it is doubtful that any of them paid heed to the admonition they commissioned to be whispered to them. I feel it is trite to nip in the bud the tendency to go overboard with pride owing to success in the things we do, by humbling ourselves and understanding that no matter what we consider our personal contributions to our achievements, even that pales to the myriad of the forces at play to bring the subsisting situation and condition to be. That is why I could never understand what some people mean by the word self-made millionaire, like it was by their power that they were alive to become what they are. It is obvious why many will choose to soar rather than consider a middle point, but the middle point is an attitude, hence one can soar but keep his head on and about him slasher. Augur, son of Yuke put it all the more succinctly when he spat the verses in Proverbs 30. 7 Two things I ask of you, Yahweh. Do not refuse me before I die. 8 Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. But give me only my daily bread. 9 Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you. And say, Who is Yahweh? Or I may become poor and steal. And so dishonor the name of my Elohim. Is it not said that it is easier to get to the top than to maintain it? Some say, one should strive for the moon, so that when one falls, at least one would end up amongst the stars, in the days when it was thought that the moon trumped the stars. Also, it isn't unusual to hear it being said that the sky is no longer the limit, people want more, to go higher, regardless of whether they are deserving of it, or not. But there's really nothing wrong in and with having ambitions, and chasing them. It is how we react to newfound status that tells where the head is, which is why Augur, not trusting what he might do in the conditions he stated, asked the Almighty to set boundaries for him in a bid to moderate his reaction. What is missing in all these is how little responsibility is spoken of, or attached to these pursuits, knowing fully well that with great power, comes greater responsibility. Pitfalls also become greater, with increased heights, sometimes mostly because falls from heights evoke louder thuds, than the opposite, hence even at heights one mustn't get too comfortable making Ho Yanchi's admonition that, if you can always remember danger when you are secure, and remember chaos in times of order, you will be fine, very instructive, because the saying that no condition is permanent didn't just arise from nowhere, but because there are factors that make positions temporary, and the least we can do is to work on those we can affect, and hope for the best concerning those beyond our capacity and capability, to influence. If we become aware of these variables, even when we fall from grace, as life would want to, it would be easy for us to accept the change with magnanimity just like it was with Job slash Eob slash Ayub. Interestingly, the same instruction will suffice for living below the line. One mustn't just be there existing, but really live at that point, as merely existing could be tantamount to become a number, or a statistic, therefore in whatever station one might find himself, it behoves on the one to make the best of it, creating a balance that avoids slips into a jehinnum from which one cannot easily be extracted, the kind of spaces in which depression and the likes of it strives. While in medical school, we had this program where we had to go to a remote village to spend some days with the people there and understand the challenges, especially of health, and to do papers of our findings for the community health and primary care department. At that point I couldn't easily take kindly to changes, unlike one particularly classmate in my group. Our accommodation, which was with the villagers, was the simplest and most basic, yet this classmate of mine, took to it almost immediately. He ate freely, drank of the water, from a huge heathen pot, without looking into the cup for microscopic debris, and at night he'd simply curl up in the little space allocated him, and fall fast asleep. This dude was from a wealthy family, had his own car, etc., but when he needed to humble himself, he did what needed to be done. I was none of what he was, but
but I found that experience distressing the first few days and by the time I had come to, it was time to go. There was so much to learn academically from that exercise, and I made representation for my group when we returned to classes, but most importantly, I vowed to be fluid enough to exist under whatever condition I found myself, with peace to my soul. I have failed more times from back then than now in keeping to that vow, because age and experience ensure that I circumvent the snares as often as I notice them today, save for when I miss them or become recalcitrant, than it ever before. Kovic. Picture Credit. HTTPS colon slash slash thepangean.com